The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to another episode of OnlyFans with me, the one and only Karen OnlyFan. That's what we're doing, baby. Solo pod. This has been a month full of solo pods. Well, I mean, we had Canon last week. I have some friends, but you guys don't even care. You just want me. Fucking slobs, you grubby little bitches. Just kidding. I love you. Mabel's obviously got her best behavior. She was out from 6 a.m. till 8 a.m. about this morning. Really hard frisbee. And it's now 1.20 and she has not been back out. Um, I did, Nicole can attest to this, offer to bring her out and play with her new B-A-L-L. And she refused. She looked at Nicole and she was like, we can't leave Nicole. We can't leave Nicole alone in the apartment. She's a thief. Just kidding. Nicole doesn't like when I joke about that. Because people take it seriously. Like, I never told you this, but someone DM'd me. It was the first thing I opened my eyes in the morning and I saw this DM from someone I don't know saying something along the lines of, Jesus Christ, Nicole, leave Karen alone. What? Leave Karen alone. We both wake up to terrible messages. I woke up this morning to getting old. Just two words. Replying <laughs> to my story. Getting old, dot, dot, dot. And you know what? At a certain time in my life, that might have really fucked me up for like the whole day. But I am, I'm in love. And I'm unstoppable when I'm in love. And you guys will not know this individual. His name will never be uttered. But um, speaking of utters, I am a loser. Let's take my fucking socks off so people keep listening because this is not off to a great start. <laughs> but this is what I'm like when I'm in love. But Nicole and I were talking about this phenomena that when, especially early on, I would say, in the relationship, when you first enter into a relationship, all of a sudden, every freaking guy from every corner of the planet comes creepy crawling back in, into your inbox, texting you, DMing, what is that? When, say, like, I don't know, two or three months ago, you would have been all about that guy. Like, you would have given him a genuine chance. But then he wasn't interested. And now that you're, like, happy, glowing, and love, la, 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 don't want to talk to any other person, just the one person you like. They all fucking come. So Nicole and I looked it up. What is cookie jamming? What the hell? <laughs> well, I'm, I don't even know. What did you Google to find this? Because every way I've worded it, I'm not find, finding it. Oh, any. you're finding it the other way. The guy, the girl, like the women are more interested in the men now that they're in a relationship. Or you probably didn't even assign a gender and Google just assumed you meant men. Yes. I said, why do people pursue me when I'm in a relationship? Because yeah. I don't even remember what the first thing I wrote was, but nothing came up. Yeah. All of these are about like 
wanting to be with someone else when you're in a relationship or this thing cookie jarring. Wait, what, can we go over cookie jarring? Yes, is when someone pursues a relationship to have as a backup plan, I guess, with no intentions of the future. Oh. Let's, let's crack into this. See, that's, wow. I bet men are better at that than women. Dating a few people at once with the end goal of eventually deciding which one feels like the best fit has become the norm in the age of online dating. But taking one of those potential partners along for the ride as a backup while you focus on your real efforts on someone else, that's known as cookie jarring. That's psychotic. Have you ever been cookie jarred? No. Have you ever cookie jarred? Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm now that it's being assigned to me. <laughs> Shit. One time. Maybe more than once, but I remember one specifically. What is she doing? She was you were asleep. I Honestly. saw like the hard swallowing got triggered to last time. Really? <laughs> you were sound asleep and now we start the podcast and you be and you just lie down, Mabel. You're too distracting. Work on yourself. Work on your don't grunt. Mm. Cookie jarring. Okay, so I I don't know if this is full cookie jarring. I was in an open relationship. Um and the person I was in an open relationship went to like shoot a movie in Los Angeles while I was still in New York. So there was like upwards of like three months where he wasn't here. And I started hooking up with another guy. And you know, you say stuff when you start hooking up and like you try not to. And he always knew that I would like liked this other guy better, but I, he did. It came to like a head one time when the guy came back and I just started hooking up with him. I was like, he was always my number one. Like you were always the backup, which is a terrible thing to do. To someone. And you said that or not in so many words? I, my behavior certainly illustrated that. Yeah. And then, yeah, we were in a CVS and I was like, I was like, I can't see, like I was telling him, like, I can't see you anymore. He started crying in the CVS. I remember the drugstore. CVS. Yeah, yeah. Did you ask to meet there or you were no, going there No, we were together? like doing something. I think. Running errands? Running errands or something. And maybe I was prepping him for the guy coming back. Like I was like, he's going to be here Thursday. We're done. Like we can't do this anymore. I, I'm interested in him. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to be together. Like when he's here, like those are the rules. When he's here, we're together. When he's out of town, I could do whatever. Oh, so bad. Yeah, the public places, I feel like. While it is terrible, it's also a safe move because yeah. nothing can really happen. That's the thing. You You're not going to like, lock yourself in my room. Right. <laughs> or start crying like right. you're in a CVS. I'll get the pharmacist over here real fast. <laughs> Help, aisle seven. The security man. Bu the button to yeah. like call them over. <laughs> like all of the fucking customer service people come. What? Do you need to buy this expensive cream? No, this guy's crying. <laughs> I'm scared he's going to hit I don't me. know this man. I don't know this man. He's crying. Wait, so what did he say back to you when you did that? Or do you not remember? Um... He just, you know, and I, and it's not that we didn't have a connection. We did have a connection. It just wasn't as strong as my connection with the other guy. So I understood. And I think I was empathetic as I could be to be like, listen, I get it. Like it hurts. It's like a breakup. It feels like a breakup. But like we knew going in that it wasn't going to be us. Oh, what did he say? He was just like, how can you do this to me? Like, I thought like we had something like, you know. You're a piece of shit for this. Like, he was mean. He was right, though. Did guy number one know about guy number two? Yeah. And what did he think? He's like, I don't give a fuck. Not I'm happy. Oh. Not happy. Oh, so he wasn't like, oh, I'm sliding back in. It's no big deal. He was pissed. Yeah, because he found out who it was. And he's like, this is who you've been like. And, he's, and he was mean to him. 
It wasn't good. It was bad. It was not good. And I was the perpetrator. Selfish, greedy lover. Just dipping all over town. Cookie jar. Cookie jar. But my thing is, it's funny that I've done it to someone. If I, if it had been, I think I would be aware if I was being cookie jarred. I don't know. I I'm, I feel like I've definitely been cookie jarred. Like, really? As like. Who put you in that cookie jar? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> Who, me? What do you mean? Who cookie jarred? Like you couldn't tell well, like I've, there's another girl. Well, I think I was probably fully aware. Mm-hmm. I feel like, that, like growing up, there were a handful of situations where this guy was like, oh, like, don't worry. Like, I- I'm going to be with you. I don't care about her, whatever. Um, had a streak of being the other woman in my youth and yeah. really believed every single time that this guy is like in love with me and going to leave this person. Yeah. But they had, as Cookie Jarring says by this definition, no real intention of a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So I, for whatever reason, every single time was like, yeah, they must be telling the truth. And then did it come to a head when you had to be like, hey, I want to like be your girlfriend and you're not giving me like enough of your time. Yeah, I feel like they probably just called me crazy. Like, I feel like me being like, I mean, you <laughs> guys you, are the best. <laughs> yeah, you talk to me every day. We hook up all the time. We're going on dates. Like, you must want to like, be boyfriend and girlfriend. It's like, what? You told me you love me. Like, oh, like no, 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 no. Yo, Ghost. girl, nah, nah, you ain't hear me. <laughs> Men are the best. You guys are the best. You fucking monsters. Yeah, I guess maybe I wouldn't know. Like, a talented guy is a good cookie jarrer. If you're making two women simultaneously feel some sort of emotional connection to you and, like, some sort of, I don't know, like, seriousness to the relationship, it's pretty talented. I guess. But, like, I look back on that and I'm like, that was just embarrassing for you, for everyone, and like for, for everyone, for me, for her too, because yeah. she's you're, she's not the only one. Yeah, who knows if like it, in those situations, like sometimes they know, sometimes they don't. But I'm like looking back. I mean, I, I was a teenager, so Baby. just did stupid shit. But sure. it's embarrassing that I was like pining after someone who like, didn't give a shit about me. But at the time, I was, it, you don't see that because you're so deep in it. Oh, I've been there in the cookie jar. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> Get me out of this jar. <laughs> I'm on a cookie. How come I'm the only cookie in here? Although it does say in this, the interesting part of this, the person who is cookie jarring, they are really dependent on having someone in their life. Yeah. So even though they have people like they have a roster. Right. They it really just speaks to the fact that they they are dependent, like needing these people around. Right. Right. Constantly. Like what a red flag. Like you can't be alone for a second. Why do you hate yourself so much? Like, I, I've known people like that who just need, like, so much attention from so many people. And it's like, you can't just, uh, how, if you hate yourself so much, how do you expect me to like you? I think I said, I think maybe I said that. Or maybe it was my friend Mookie Thompson. It was, like, the beginning of the pandemic when we all had to, like, you know, stay home and be alone. And the people who, like, really fucking freaked out, it's like, well, imagine how other people feel around you <laughs> if you hate yourself that much. Oh, man, I'm watching uh, True Detective Jodie Foster right now. Fucking awesome. Fucking love Jodie Foster. I don't, I don't care if you haven't seen the show. She gets her fucking, she gets her, she gets banged <laughs> in office. I was trying to think of the right thing. She gets the shit fucked out of herself. <laughs> Jodie! I love her in this show. I love it so much. And whatever, I gave away one scene. 
I mean, she does it more than once, but Jody. Ah, uh, did we talk about Jodie Foster last time? No. Oh, I was talking about, I mean, she hasn't done like really shit, like as far as plastic surgery is concerned to her face. Um, these glasses suck. They are, oh, she looks so good. And she's such a cool lesbian. Like we always knew Jodie Foster was a lesbian. I feel like she wasn't like hyper political about it. Was she? I don't know. I don't really like, you know, how like once like Rosie O'Donnell was out, it was like lesbian, lesbian, I'm a lesbian, gay, 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 gay cruise, gay kids. Everybody's gay. I hate Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like Jody was always just kind of like, I'm gay, whatever, big deal. I'm going to keep working. I don't know if it's because she's so like low key. I don't feel like I've ever heard her talk about that or relationships like. Right. She is. And even to this day, she she'll answer the questions. But I watched like a recent. Ooh, can you pull up her in taxi? Was it taxi? Taxi, taxi driver, driver when she's a little baby. When she was a baby prostitute. How old is she in this movie? I think she was 12. <gasps> and the um fun part. Of, I mean, it's not fun, but the fun fact, whatever, is. In some of the scenes, I think her older sister was like her body double or oh. something like that because like, and she couldn't even go see the movie when it came out because she, I think she was 12 and it was rated R, wow. even though she was a prostitute. How in impressive. It. Um, but she slayed. Slayed. So gorgeous in Silence of the Lambs too. She was a brunette like that. It's just one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh no. Y- yeah. Is that her in Silence of the Lambs? Mm-hmm. She looks so beautiful there. I love her. You know, movie I loved her in Nell. <laughs> I haven't seen that. There was on Nell. She plays uh, mentally like she's. I don't know if she's crazy or uh, slightly mentally retarded, but she's like in the woods, spinning around naked. She's like Tay in the wind. I'm a Tay in the wind, and she's trying to say tree in the wind. <laughs> it's really good. I see. Oh, 1994. Shut up! I'm old. No, no, no! I'm, I'm saying that's that's it's not Ew, about that. <laughs> I wasn't even Ew, born yet. Um, no, I'm saying that's interesting because Silence of the Lambs was 1991. Mm-hmm. Was that the next thing? That movie? She was picky. What did she do? That like death of uh, like or like a few good men? Was she in a few good? And then men? Contact was 1997. Contact was awesome too. Who was that? Her and. Um, Matthew McConaughey? No. Mm, yes. Yeah. Fucking Jodie Foster. You're right about how she is like low key. Did she win an Oscar for Silence of the Lambs? <clears throat> um, she is. And yeah, that show is awesome. I, I texted my friend Joe List. Hey, I'm watching the true detective Jodie Foster. It's a good show. He's like, I uh, watch. I fell asleep. I hated the first. I'm more of a movie guy. Fuck you, Jolet. Like, I mean, it's the condescension, you know, implying that I don't have the attention span for a full film. It's really hurtful. I'm excited that I'm into a show. I, I don't think I've been into a show since like The Diplomat. I just detest trends. And if everybody's watching it, I can't even bring myself to. I didn't watch. Um. What, Saltburn? Was that a movie or a show? Yeah, it was a movie. I didn't watch it. You should. Why, to see a guy fuck sand? I used to live in the East <laughs> Village. I don't care. Big whoop. <laughs> but you, you have to. Why? You just have to. Why? Because... Why? So we can talk about it? Fine, I'll watch Saltburn. I doubt anyone who listens to this would care, but I need you to watch solely... I mean, there's so many things about it, but also 
Barry hangs Dong in this movie. Yeah, and he's got a- And it's insane. He's got a big piece. It's massive. <laughs> and he's like immediately tweeted like, yep, that's my real dick. Like immediately he's like, yep, that's me. And then it's like, whoa, okay. Good for him. That's hot. I'll I'll show you if I can find it. If you have any interest in this. He's like he's like, he's short too. He's, he's like, like five something. Straight. Listen, I know plenty of short guys who have huge dicks. It's They're. just like a nice surprise. And it was like a part of the plot at one point too, like where he walks in with his dick out and the guys are like, Good for you, man. Whoa. They didn't even show it in that scene, but they're like Good for you. Like, it's like a part of the plot that he has a huge dick. <laughs> His dick's in the credits. <laughs> Barry's dick, played by Barry's dick. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter, though, you guys. By the way. I'm just talking about it from a cinematic standpoint. Cinematic, really. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we should celebrate it. We should celebrate all male gel- genitalia, in my opinion. Um, is that him? Is he posing like that? Well, he like dances around at the end. Oh, he does? After he fucks the mud? Yes. <laughs> Sequentially, yes, but this is years later in the uh-huh. movie. Uh-huh. I mean, that's not like... He... Uh, he looks... Not that he looks like my ex, but like a little bit. He like also a- just fucks everyone in this movie. He does? Men and women alike. Hot. Who's he dating in real life? I think he, I just saw something today. He's dating Sabrina Carpenter. Of the pop star. Yeah. She's so American looking. I think like very like Midwestern American Southern. Maybe that appealed to him, you know? I've been reading about what men like in women. (laughs) (laughs) On BuzzFeed. They like women with big eyes, big breasts, and big lips. That checks out. I don't have any of those. <laughs> I don't have any of those. Sorry, guys. Just have a big hole. <laughs> Do you feel like anyone heart. that you've dated has then dated someone that looks nothing like you? Like blonde or like the exact opposite of you? I mean. Like right after? Yeah. What is that? I usually find that not in all circumstances, but I can think of a couple examples. Guys tend to date girls a lot safer looking than me like sabrina carpenter uh, i mean i think sabrina's hotter than me i think i, I mean just like oh i see oh uglier like than you. Uh, let's say <laughs> that's what you mean <laughs> i see like they're not going anywhere like they're like because i'm usually like they're not, <laughs> cookie <jarring. laughs> they're not cookie jar i've usually like blown up whatever relationship i was just in and like like the the um however it's ended like there's probably been whispers of in infidelity towards the end or like interest from other parties so i feel like that's like a headache for guys so like they're the next time around they're like oh and then there's been times where the next girl they date is hotter than me is clinically definitively hotter than me and it's like either way fuck you (laughs) either way either way fuck you don't ever date anyone except me and it does even if we're not break like together anymore you should just die alone that's too much to ask yeah Every one of my exes should die alone. I don't know. I don't care about my exes anymore because I'm so in love with my new guy. Do you find it hard to keep focus? Like, I mean, you've been in a relationship for how long? Years. Um, Almost six. Wow. Yeah. So at first, did you find it difficult to like focus on your life? Like I was just really wrapped up in my relationship. Um, 
Yeah, I think like what helped a lot is that we lived in different cities, but I was still like very consumed with it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like at the time it, it felt good and like it felt like I was inspired by what he was doing that made me want to like be better you know he has that's a good relationship good together yeah and he, like, he has a great relationship with his parents so i was like oh maybe i'll try and like work on mine or yeah. he was like really crushing it with work and it's like okay i want to be more creative and crush it with my work like yeah. i felt part of what was so good is like we were in our own places doing our own shit mm-hmm. but i definitely still was like i mean I, to this day i'm like my boyfriend my boyfriend my boyfriend <laughs> which is like so gross. I love hearing about your boyfriend. I'm happy that you're happy. It's nice. It's like, it is just something that I've always kind of struggled with, like the work boyfriend balance, whether it's, I'm like too into the guy and like my work is suffering and like I'm saying no to things I should be saying yes to or prioritizing myself and like just straight up like, getting some love than like doing stuff that I, you know, could certainly like, that's what's tough about this stupid business is like out of sight, out of mind. Like you got to like stay on the radar and do all this fucking gay shit all the time. No offense guys. I love making this for you. Uh, (laughs) No, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's almost impossible to not get distracted when you first are like in like a full flush crush. It's so fun. It makes everything kind of sweeter, though, too. Like when you're going about your business, doing your thing, it makes everything just like it's like another layer of like dopamine. Like thinking about like, oh, I get to like, like talk to him later. Yeah. Or like I remember like what I mean, we lived in different cities for the first three years of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And we like I would throughout the day be like, oh, I can't wait to tell him about this. I saw this because we would like, you know, we're busy all day. So right. we would call each other at the end of the day. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to like tell him all this stuff. Yeah. So it made me like look at things in, in like a brighter right. light yeah. than I would have. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice when you find somebody. It's not easy. It is not easy to connect with people. It's not easy to like maintain. I saw something. I'm always watching these fuckers. I don't know. You follow one like Mel Robbins type on Instagram. Like you get them all. They're all coming at you. And some of their philosophies I don't really agree with. I don't know. Somebody was talking about how people like people are better in relationships if they're flexible. And I'm like, I really like my stomach was like, why? Why do I have to be flexible? Like what? What? I'm just saying, like, if I perform my best and I'm the best version of myself, if I adhere to a routine, shouldn't you want me to just stay on that routine? Like, do I have to compromise and be flexible and, like, skip a workout or, like, sleep later or, like, not go outside with my dog every day, like, 6 to 8 a.m.? You know, because those are typically the things, like, when if I get into, like, a relationship, like, the day-to-day routine that, like, you know, I can see and I've had in the past, people be like, I can't like this every day you're up at six. Yeah. But like you can stay in bed. Like nobody's inviting you. Just stay there. I'll creep out. I shut the door. We're out. And I feel like that's important to like have your own identity and life and things you do and schedule. Like we're the same way where I get up early and we're, we're on totally opposite schedules day and night. 
So we see each other when we see each other. We yeah. live together, but right. we have to like make time to hang out. Wow. But it's like fine because we don't need to spend every single second of the day together. That's like true. I like getting up and doing my shit in the morning. Me you too. Know? Me too, girl. You too, bitch. Slut. I did something to my knee, you guys. I it says it's the most common like knee injury thing. It's from overuse, like a lateral fucking I did lots of workouts in Texas. Did I tell you did I tell you guys about Texas? I went there, I stayed in a home with Joe List and Sarah Tolomash. She refuses to take his last name and I love that about her. <laughs> and their baby, and we had so much fun. I don't know if they announced their baby's name. I don't know. I don't want to give up too much of his identity, but what a baby. He's so freaking cute. The house is gorgeous. Thanks, Joe. I did say I was going to Venmo him like a third of what it cost, but he really gave me like a pushback with that. So I'm going to drop it. Um, We did great shows at the Mothership. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I love that club. It's so fun. All the shows are sold out. I did eat tacos three nights in a row and really paid for it before my departing flight on Sunday. Yowza. Mabes. Shut up, Mabel. Shut up. Oh, this is what I wanted to do at the beginning of the podcast. Plug my fucking dates. I'm out here, you guys. I am on the road. Nobody is coming. Nobody is buying tickets to my shows. It's like you guys don't even have friends in other states. Tell them to come to my shows. Ready? February 28th, Englewood. This is near Denver, Colorado. It's on my Instagram. The link is in my story. It's one night only. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I will be in Denver. I already bought the flight. Denver. Look out. You know who's there. <laughs> Nicole. Denver. Dun, dun, Denver. Dun, dun, dun. Listen, if the cop comes... We're all getting arrested. This is it. Hold on. Oh, it's at Moe's Original Barbecue in, in Englewood. Just come, okay? That's February 28th. Then the next time that I'm somewhere is March 1st, Lansing, Michigan. So I have a day in between. I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado, which is one state. And then the 29th, because there's 29 days in February this year. And everybody can stop acting like they already knew that. Okay. Every time I tell them, I don't care if you already knew. Pretend to be surprised. It's kind of fun. Assholes. March 1st, I'm at Gruel Hall. <laughs> Some of these names aren't that good. Like, it sounds kind of like Gruel, but I guess it's Gruel. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Gruel. Gruel Hall. Um, tickets are available right now, you guys. It's uh, March 1st, 8 p.m., Lansing, Michigan. And then March 2nd, I'm somewhere too. March 2nd, yes. Mark's, March 2nd, I'm at Midtown um, Live Music in Grand Rapids. Aaron Putnam's opening there. Um, 7.30, March 2nd, Grand Rapids. And then uh, the end of March, I'm going to be in New Orleans. Thursday, March 28th, I'm uh, at Laugh Life in New Orleans. And then Friday, March 29th, I'm at Lafayette Comedy. So those are two dates in Louisiana. And guess what? In between those dates that I just mentioned, March 7th and 8th, I'm at the House of Comedy in Detroit. That's how many road dates is that in March? For me, that's a lot. Full road dog march. 
I'm also supposed to fit in a visit with my family who rented a house in Florida. I don't think I can do it all, and I think they're all going to be pretty disappointed if I can't get down there. Fuck. The issue is this beast. So maybe I think if they could develop a cryo machine for dogs where I could just, like, freeze her for a few days. Mabes, I'll freeze you for, like, three to four days, and then when I come back, you'll, like, slowly unthaw. You're a fucking bitch. All right, plugged my dates. I stink at plugging my dates. I gotta get better at that. Some people are good. Louis J. Gomez is good at it. He's got a whole website, though. It all pops up. I paid someone half of, like, what I'm supposed to pay them for the full amount to make my website. And I think I'll pay them the other half. But I think they, um, it's my fault because I was just hesitant because I just didn't have that many dates. But now that I have all these dates and I keep getting confused and messing stuff up, tonight I'm going to Atlantic City. You, I'm not even plugging that because it's already happened. I killed in Atlantic City. Gio Perez opened. And then I buried him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> be fucked up. Shout out to Gio Perez. All right. We didn't even do an AMA for this one. Did you want to talk about the regs? I did want to talk about the regs. I will address that. I'm sitting around minding my own business. My phone rings. Who is it? Luis J. Gomez. I answer the phone. Hello, Luis J. Gomez. He's like, Karen, you're on the regs, da, da, da. And then he just brings up this time that we had public sex on a cop car. And I forgot to plug my dates. And that's exactly what I should have done on the regs. So I think I should be able to appear as a guest on the regs, even though I understand they only have four people and it's only them every time. I think I should be an honorary reg once a month and you call it on the regs and you get Karen Elizabeth Fian. I'm the girl reg. If I'm not the girl reg, who's the girl reg? I feel like it's only you. Only Fiat? Yeah. Just start tweeting this shit, okay? Tweet this shit, tag them, be like, Karen Fan, once a month, on the reg, with the regs. That's fucking brilliant. What, was it Joe's what? podcast or Ari's podcast where they were, it was like, they were so I don't know, this was a while ago where they were like, <laughs> oh, Louis C.K. was there too. The regs and you were there. Like, it was everyone but Bobby. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there was no, maybe Louis C.K. wasn't on that one. But yeah, they, I subbed in for Bobby. I was Bobby. And they were pissed. Lewis was being a jerk. He was like, you're not a reg. You're not a regular. Fuck you, Lewis. I'm a regular. I'm the regular. Me, Karen Elizabeth Fian, I'm coming. How much do you think they make from that? I want a fifth of that YouTube money. Nicole's like, they're not making money. <laughs> um, I was really excited that uh, Sal Volcano inviting me to his Super Bowl party. Nick! dropping in the middle of the episode i got that text when i was in austin i bragged to everyone i was like i guess heard of the impractical jokers well they just impractically invited me to their super bowl party i didn't go because i was flying back from austin and i was like too tired i actually had two spots that night or like one at the stand um so i'm i you know heard that was fun missed it i do shot I don't care. I care more about making money than football. Do you watch any live sports at all? 
I, I'm a, what do they call them? A dick puppet. <laughs> so like, I'll watch your sport team if I'm dating you. Yeah. It becomes like a part of your identity. Yeah. I get that. I'll do that. I was an Eagles fan for like eight years. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. But then, yeah. And then the, the next, my, well, not the next guy, but then another guy, he liked like soccer, like football, but that just didn't come into play that often. Oh, I have a great question. <laughs> Based on this, I want to know what you think about this because um, my boyfriend is a musician, so he also doesn't really care about like the live sports, but we'll still go for the hang to like a Super Bowl party. But then typically the whole time is us kind of exchanging looks about the guys that are screaming at the top of their lungs at the TV. Yeah. What do you think about those kinds of guys? Like the guys you dated who loved football, were they like that? Yes. Is that a turnoff for you? Or are well, you like my dad is like that? Yeah. My dad has like eczema on the back of his neck. And during football season, he just walks around with a bloody neck because he sits and scratches. And it's so it's like watching a dog like fucking like get after it. His he shuts his eyes, his whole face turns bright red. He's like, ah! Just like nuts. And then, you know, my brother is just my dad, you know, and they both just have these like deep voices. So when they're both yelling, it's like the house is like it's an eruption. They are not the type of guys that like are going to get wasted at the game and like paint their faces and like get in a fight at the game. Like that's very far from who they are. Um, And that was closer to the guy I dated, the Eagles fan who did get in a fight with the Patriots fans after they lost he went to the super bowl with his family his dad and his uncles and cousins and they all got in a brawl um like he came back he had like a fucking black eye they lost that was the year the patriots beat them so when you played sports growing up your parents were like pretty chill at the games they're not yelling shit out not my dad my your dad mom? was no, my 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 mom was fine. My mom wasn't that into it. She would like cheer. My dad was psychotic. My dad would coach, but he wasn't the coach. He knew everybody's name, and like my friends that were better than me, he would just cheer them. He was like would favorite them. He had nicknames for them. My friend Marie, he used to call her the Bulldog. She was a forward in soccer, and she's fucking great. She was fast and strong. She scored all the time. He's like, "There's that little bulldog." And then me, he just. Uh, he loved me and he cheered me on. He was very proud of me when I did my best, but wished he th- he wished I was more aggressive. Probably, I was. I mean, I was good, but not like Marie. Marie was fucking fast. So he wasn't like yelling at the refs or anything like yeah, that. He, he was. was. Yeah. What would he say? Bad call. Open your eyes. I remember one time I had a stitch. I had a cramp, but I was kind of. I thought I could like run it out. And my dad starts screaming at my coach, take her out. She's got a stitch. Look at her. She's holding her side. I'm like. Um, my brother probably got it way worse. My brother was actually small for his age growing up. He was like a year behind. Um, so, yeah, he probably and my dad would coach the team or at least be the assistant coach. Very involved. My brother coaches uh, my nephew's stuff now. Very involved. Very involved. And what did your brother play growing up? Soccer and baseball. They won the World Series when they were the Phillies. I think he was like 10 or 11. And my brother was a good, he was good. He was a pitcher, a good hitter. 
it was just, I think, a little, he was, again, like a year behind. He got his growth spurt like a year later. If they had kept him behind a year, I think his life might have been a little different. I think he has a great, I mean, everything's fine. Like, he has a great life. But I just, it's an interesting concept because his birthday is July 31st. So he really was like, a, you know, like almost like a year younger than everybody. Um, but he was really smart. It wasn't like he was delayed. He was excelling like past that age group. So and like writing and math and stuff. So it's like, why would you hold him back and not challenge him? But you wonder developmentally. It's hard being like the smaller kid. And now he's 6'1". Yeah. But there's also such a huge different difference for like boys growing up in sports unreal i'll never forget like my brother was like little growing up too and now he's like six feet tall but growing up some kids just hit their growth spurt faster so when he was playing peewee football there were kids on his team truly like four Huge. times his size yeah giving kids concussions right because they just like popped up right that's like i always it's scary <clears throat> um but yeah you read these articles about like kids like you know in the south like they're you know Getting their first concussion at age 12 or younger, it's scary. And you've had concussions before, you said? I've had self-induced concussions. I may have had a concussion when I broke my wrist, when I flipped over my bike. But then the rest of them were all from drunken, like the stitches, the falling off my bunk bed, falling off bar stools. You got stitches on your face? Yeah, eight right here. What happened? I went to Sean Donnelly and Kevin McCaffrey's show. Uh, it was, where the fuck was it? An Irish bar was on like first and first. It might've even been called one-on-one -on -one or something. No, it was an Irish bar. I don't know. Anyway, drinking um, JMO on the rocks had like six or seven of them and it was just lights out. And I used to dress really hot. There was like an open mic at the treehouse that I would go to first. Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Go lay a sweet bomb at the treehouse open mic. But like everybody's like, Karen, you're so funny. Cause I was fucking in my twenties, like smoke show looking great, being drunk and slutty. And uh, I would just get so ham. I would probably get so drunk because I was fucking bombing. You know, I bet those like things like went hand in hand. I just bombed years of open mics and just got hammered. How did I ever make it, Mabes? But did you feel like you bombed at the time? Or no. were you like, I killed that? No, but like you don't, it's, it was really kind of hard to gauge, honestly, because when I was doing open mics, there was like a little bit of like politicking involved, whereas like me, like you would have to fall into these cliques of people and then they would start laughing at your shit. It's kind of weird. It makes me uncomfortable saying that. And I don't know if other comics feel that way too. Maybe I'm just a disingenuous person. <laughs> But there were this sort of kind of like once you became friends with people and like chatted and this and that, then when you would go up at the open mic, you would just suddenly be like, oh, I'm funnier this week than I was last week. And it's like, was I getting better? Probably yes. But like there is was that camaraderie element to it. But then I, I would always in the back of my head be like, I don't fucking care if I'm friends with all these people. I want to be like funny just no matter what, just like undeniable. <clears throat> so sick of that word Undeni just be undeniable shut up what was i saying you had like eight jamesons and then i walked out in the street and i fell just first like head first into first avenue first 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 and a whole chunk of my skin was just like flapping and uh and then all of a sudden there were so many people around me because i think i blacked out for like a minute 
And then they were all like, we called an ambulance. We called an ambulance. We called me. And I tried to walk away. I tried to be like, no, 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 no. I'm okay. I don't have health insurance. Like, I can't pay for this. But then they took me. They were like, we have to take you. Your face is falling off. And you're also like so wasted. And now with a head injury makes you for a pretty incoherent individual. But coherent enough to be like, I don't have health insurance. I can't pay for this. That's so real. This guy came with me who like kind of creeped me out at the time. And he came to the hospital with me. But like, I was like, you got to call my boyfriend, call my boyfriend who hated me at the time. Like probably just was so sick of these things that I kept doing, hated me, but he showed up. And I remember I had like a big, like goose egg, like gauze on my forehead. Oh, well first they, cause they numbed me up. They like did a lot of shots of like, we'll numb her whole forehead up. It was like, so they, and then I felt them cleaning it. They were like, let's irrigate it. But I, I didn't feel a sting because they numbed me up, but I felt the pressure of the water. Um, it's like being baptized, but just like huge wound. And uh, the doctor was mad at me. And I'm not sure why. And there may, I sometimes I would like yell crazy shit out when I was like in a blackout that was like, could have been construed as bigoted. <laughs> <laughs> could have been construed as. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> but like, this is like not my personality. This is like a full on blackout human, like screaming this stuff. Because I remember when my boyfriend did show up, he was mad at me. I was laugh crying. I was like, tears were coming down, but I was like, because then they must have given me like some type of like a sedative or a morphine or something because I was giggly, but I'll obviously like still drunk. Like, like, aren't we like, like very much like, aren't we all like partying in the hospital? And the doctor, like my boyfriend showed up and he's like, we are going to fully sedate her. Like we are going to, we're going to strap her down. We, we put restraints on her once. Like we're going to do it again. <laughs> my boyfriend at the time was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he asked, he's like, can I leave her here? <laughs> like he did not want to take me home. I really feel like he was like pushing for like an overnight stay. And the doctors were like, if she can walk, she can go or whatever. And I was like, let's go. And then, yeah, he was so mean to me. My boyfriend at the time. It was like being chastised by a parent, you know, when he would pick me up because he was seven years older than me. <clears throat> and I like. It, it didn't hit at first because I was like still like wasted, like hanging out, but like slowly over the course like when you sober up and then the next morning. And you just wake up and not only do you have that pit in your stomach, you have a crazy bad headache. But like your boyfriend at this point is now kind of taking care of you and like giving you Advil and like feeding you and stuff. But also saying things like, are you going to go to work? Like, look at your fucking head. Like you like just booked your first show. Like I was like performing at the pit and I went (laughs) because the good news is the night before I fell on my face, I had cut myself bangs. (laughs) So I had bangs. They were just like a little alfalfa, like a little sticking out. And I remember when I did my show, I like pulled my bang new bangs up. <laughs> I was like, look what I did. I forget. I think I had a joke that went with it. I write, I write a lot of jokes that I'll like, I, I'll never be able to use again. Like, uh, oh, I can't use this forehead flesh wound bit anymore because I don't have one. I was thinking about like my Lululemon thing. I was like, oh, a guy told me he liked how I look in sweatpants. So I spent $1,100 at Lululemon. 
And it's like, yeah, that works when you're wearing Lululemon and it hits, but you can't wear sweatpants to all your shows. Sundays, though. Sunday sweats. <sighs> Is that the worst accident you ever got in when you were drunk? Or injury? Yeah. Second place, uh, 4th of July weekend, one year, though. I fell up the stairs. I was living with my ex, same boyfriend. He lived in Greenpoint with this fucking British woman who loved him. Her name was, oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to name names, but whatever, Samantha. And she was so fucking, she, you could just tell she wanted to fuck him so bad. They probably did like fuck, like it wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him at all. Um, but like I was his girlfriend sleeping in his bed every night. Like he was, I thought, in love with me. They may have done something when they were both drunk or whatever, but she was just invasive and nosy and always up our business. Cookie jar. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. She was, she was being cookie jarred in front of me. And I remember one day she knocks on our door and she's like, can you help me, Lawrence? I can't try to make a my proper English fry up and I can't reach my beans. <laughs> Lawrence. Oh yeah. Lawrence. That was my guy for eight years. He's the Eagles fan. Wow, yeah. a lot of history with Lawrence. Yeah. Very toxic, alcohol-induced, booze, coke, sex. <laughs> Dude, I was hot. That he, I mean, he got a lot of my hot years. Even though I was a mess, <clears throat> he got a big chunk of that time, dude. And a lot of the problems, too. More hotness, no more problems. <laughs> so the British roommate comes in, tells him to come out. Then what happens? Oh, no. She had... I, that was just a separate story. Sorry. She was just... Annoying. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to illustrate that I always found her annoying. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> I come home from a shift fully, like, wasted, and I fall up the stairs so bad that I knock myself out. Um, And she had to, like, pull me up the stairs and, like, put me in, like, our room, mine and my boyfriend's room. And he was out, like, partying. And then I don't know, uh, I think he came home and there was like, or maybe he found me. Somebody found me. I was not, <laughs> I did not get into bed of my own accord. Anyway, the next morning there was blood everywhere and he like, I was getting ready to go to work and I knew I'd, I busted my lips so bad. I have a picture of it. And I just started putting on red lipstick. <laughs> And this was like more than like, just like, oh, I busted my lip. Like my whole, like this area was like bruised because I felt, oh, and my nose, my nose. Oh, and I had two black eyes because I it looked like I broke my nose because I've fallen up the stairs so hard. Red lipstick, two black eyes, decked out, hot outfit, still tan as fuck because it was July. <laughs> like, went to an, went to work that morning after my boyfriend who goes, look at yourself in the mirror. Just like, stop please and look at yourself and I looked and I was like oh shit like but there was like some weird part of my subconscious that's like this is I'm gangster <laughs> this, I'm so this is so hard I have a fucked up face and I'm still going to work <laughs> I'm hammered yeah what did you tell people when they asked like were, were, are you good like what would I would you just say be honest you're like I felt when I was drunk yep because it was like you were like I was 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. Those are the years it's acceptable. <laughs> well, I thought because you said gangster that you would have maybe made up a story that you you fought some chicken no, bar or something. No, I'm just in the, the way that I black out. I'm a rock star. You know, I'm so cool. Did you ever fight anybody? No. Really? I get, I feel, I thought for sure you'd have at least one story. It's of shocking you fighting I didn't someone. get knocked out. I just like, 
Because I would have a big mouth and like run, yell at people and call people fat and ugly. Do but I, there was always somebody there like looking out for me. I don't know. I don't know how I got away with it, Nicole, but I did. I would get blackout and be like, you suck. You're fat. Fuck you. And just wake up. Same friends. <laughs> but then, yeah, that was bad because I, I went I was working at Sushi Samba and my boss, shout out to Gina at the time, was like, you smell. She's like, you smell like booze. She's like, go drink some green tea or something. And she's like, and what is going on with your face? I was like, I felt my stares. I was wasted. She was like, yo, like that was a reaction of my bosses and my managers. It wasn't like, oh man, should we get Karen some help? It was like, doggy, <laughs> you're wild. <laughs> Are we still going to Bembe later? Like it didn't, it wasn't like, um, she needs help. <clears throat> Nobody cares when you're young. Did you have a different name when you were drunk? Nah, like you didn't that this identity that you had didn't have a different name? No. I mean, everybody, it was just like bad Karen, worse Karen. Maybe somebody remembers. There was, <laughs> whatever. I just, I did a lot of embarrassing things. I can't even repeat. Share with the class. No, I can't. No. Just, uh, I'm just very lucky that there weren't, like people weren't like filming shit when I was doing my dirt. We used to go to this place. I think it was called Lit. And it was just like this underground place in the East Village. It was always our last stop. And it just felt like we were in like a vampire dungeon, like the depths of humanity where we'd wind up all the time. And then sometimes I would just have really nerdy nights when I was uh, in this off-Broadway show. And <laughs> me and all the other actors, yeah, we'd go to bars, but then we'd like get Coke and go play like Balderdash or like improv games <laughs> until the sun came up. And then go walk and see the sun together and go get breakfast. Do you ever party that hard? You ever stay up all night? No, I, I like stay up all night maybe, but I, I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, upstate New York. Yeah. So there wasn't really a clubbing scene no. or like anything like that. Even in college, I like, I don't know, grow like I, it took me a long time to even drink for the first time mm. because my parents were super strict and dad was in law enforcement everyone in my family was like in law enforcement so I was terrified but also kind of like because of what they told me had my nose up at people who were like drinking in high school or I'm like okay ugh, like their priorities whatever like I was like a dork you're so right so you're right yeah but then like I don't know I had like a brief stint of like drinking really not like I've, I've tried very few drugs yeah, it was just never like I just don't not to be that guy, but I just never really liked how I felt like it right. just made me feel dizzy and nauseous. Like, yeah, when I started, God, I loved Coke, man. I love the booze Coke combo because when you're like 20 something like you can bounce back from that, like physically. I mean, the damage that I did to like relationships and like situations in my career, but like physically you could do it. You could like, you might need to take like the day off and like eat a hamburger, but you could be back out that night boozing and doing blow. Like the first like few drinks me in is like pretty, still pretty like she's chill. She's charming. She's probably saying a lot of the stuff that we all think and maybe are a little scared to say, but she still has like some boundaries, right? She's not just like da da da. Then like third or fourth drink, it's, Every secret ever told everyone, <laughs> everybody's shit up against the wall. We're too honest. We're, it's all out here. Nothing is holding me back. 
And then it's like blackout, pee the bed, whatever, whatever. But um, the first, and then, so here's what happens. That's like if you're just booze, right? That, like that's the trajectory. But you throw a bag of Coke in there. After the third drink, you can reel it back to drink one or two where you're like still have boundaries. You're still making sense. And now you're just like a little more excited in whatever like business venture you've decided to come up with. But yeah, I used to fucking love Coke. I, I love like it would send chills through my spine because me and my I'm dropping all these names in this podcast. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying last names. My friend Dana, who I used to live with, her and my friend Linda were both five foot eleven and I would walk around and call them the Twin Towers. And this was very much post 9-11. And I <laughs> would do so much blow with them. Dana specifically. We waitressed together at Moe's Caribbean. And it would be, I don't know, shift would almost be over. Maybe I had my first drink, like shift drink going down. And she would come up to me and be like, we're going to party. Are you in? So like, give me 20 bucks. <laughs> call the guy. Call the guy. I did so many drug deals when I was doing all that coke. When I was waiting tables, I was jumping into the back of cars constantly. I am so lucky to be here. With my full, like, Moe's Caribbean, like, crop top, like, whole, like... Jeans super low. Hi, here's 60 bucks. Thank you. Hi, Lee. I think I probably like made out with him one night. Like, and now, like, the drug stuff is like, whatever, little weed just to take the edge off here and there is, is really all I'm interested in. I have no desire to like fuck my circadian rhythm, fuck my insides. Fuck my serotonin or my dopamine. Like we are stable and balanced and regular and get dopamine from like watching my dog catch a frisbee. So I do not like the idea of robbing myself of my own personal serotonin and dopamine. Yeah, that's like where I'm at with with drinking too. Like even if there's a night where I'm like feeling it, like best case scenario for me is just like with the gals talking shit, cocktails flowing. Right. Just that little vibe, but then it, it'll be like, oh, now we're going out. Now we're doing this. Like, if there's too much involved, even like, I, it really doesn't take much, and I'll feel like shit the next day, and I'm like, everything's ruined. My schedule's ruined. My my life is ruined. I told everyone <laughs> things last night that I shouldn't have. Like, <laughs> the impact is too strong. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely, like, reeling it in a little bit on that front. Yeah. Do you remember, like, the weirdest place you've woken up from a blackout? Or like, holy shit moment. I mean, there's been so many. I woke up in Micah Fox's bed once. That's like a safe place, though, I feel like. Yeah, but it was unplanned. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably happened a few times, actually. Um, I mean, I would like wake up, but I would be like, I peed my roommate's whole couch. I know I was like always coming back to the pee stories, but I'm like, that was like a time that it was like, I felt really bad. I've never, I'm lucked out. Like, I've, things should have happened to me. Like, I should have been kidnapped. Like, I invited these guys into my ex's apartment once that, like, I smoked a bull with and then they left. Like, I had just gotten in the back of their car. I'd never seen them before in my life. I forget if they were black, Puerto Rican, Mexican. I don't remember, but they were not Caucasian. Not that that matters. Just mentioning. Treated me wonderfully. We had a, we smoked a bowl and I was like, all right, guys, my boyfriend's coming. Like, you have to go. (laughs) They were like, all right, later. And I was like, thanks for the ride. There was just been, I, I was very lucky. I feel like somebody was certainly watching out for me during my drinking days because there was plenty of opportunities for people to steal me and they didn't. But like my friend Micah always says, it's hard to rape the willing. <laughs> 
So if I woke up in a guy's bed, I'd be like, oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'd be like, oh, but you know what? Yeah, I did that again. The wor- the guys, when I would go home with guys um, from most Caribbean, when I was waiting tables, I would wake up in Yankee jerseys all the time because I would talk all this shit. Well, your team sucks. Let's go. It was like when the Red Sox were like, that's how old I am. We were like winning and like beating the Yankees and stuff. It was a big rivalry and like the Red Sox were kicking ass. And I would always go home with one of these fucking Yankee fans and wake up in a Jeter jersey. And that wasn't nice. I, I I tell you about that. I told you about that Israeli guy I dated when I was like 20. He was like 33. Benny. I woke up at his apartment one morning after, you know, going home with him after a night of drinking and heard his mother's voice. And I was like, this 33-year-old still lives with his mom? How'd you even meet this guy? He owned the bars I was frequenting underage. Uh, bounce. He owned Bounce. There's a Bounce and a Bounce Deuce. And there was another Vero. I don't think it exists anymore, but that's what he started out with. It was a wine bar. And I just, it was on the Upper East Side. When I was like in college still, like either finally working as a waitress and I, you know, I'd make good money as a waitress. Before that, I like worked at the Gap. But I behaved like, because of Sex in the City, I behaved like an Upper East Side socialite. Like the way, oh, sorry. Oh, geez, that's fucked up. Mabel, you're right. I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. I literally, and I would be wearing clothing from like Strawberry Jam, like H&M if I could afford it. And, you know, heels decked out to the nines and like going to like dive bars, like Mad River. And being like, this is what Carrie Bradshaw would do. But Vero was a wine bar and it was classier and they just had like a little outdoor seating. So my roommates and I lived around the corner. We would go all the time. And then Benny just started like buying us drinks. And he was kind of ugly. <laughs> he was kind of ugly but he was buying us drinks and he was 33 and he was very interested in me and he just would tell me all the time how beautiful I was that was enough yeah I was like sure let's go so and you went to school in the city yeah that's crazy so like I that's another part of the like how didn't I die is in college like we were literally in the middle of nowhere so mm-hmm. it was like there was one path to get back to your dorm okay and that was it going to school here how do you not die? Yeah. And I would wear like high heels and I would walk. The dorms were on 55th and the campus, it was like two buildings, was on 71st. And I would just walk in heels every day. I don't know. Trying to get discovered. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But, but everybody did it. Like all the girls were like just dressed for class. We would just get, it was not, and I would go visit my friends in Massachusetts and they would roll out of bed, not brush. And we had been boozing the night before where, wherever. Some warehouse. It was always cold. It was never warm. I was like, oh, take me back to fucking Nest. <laughs> I'm getting bottle service. Then I would, yeah, I would go to some like shitty Massachusetts college. And uh, no offense. And they would just go to class in their pajama, like hair, like zits out. And I would just be like, well, don't you guys need time to get ready? Like, what if somebody... And they're like, what if who? I'm like, I don't know. Like, when I first moved here, I like I saw Robin Williams in a sneaker store like the first month I was here. All right, we gotta end this. This was long, Nicole. This was like an hour, no? Yeah, you crushed it. Crushed it. Plugged my dates. Just please, guys. <laughs> I'm begging you. 
I know, like, we have fun. We see the feet. Like, I know that, like, you guys are like, maybe you're inside, guys, and you, like, see the feet, and you're like, uh, that's all I need. That's all I need. But this is a comedy podcast. I'm doing live stand-up comedy on the road in these different states. Please buy tickets to these shows. Tell your friends. Tell your cousins. Tell people who you think won't like it. That's how desperate I want. <laughs> Just fill the room with people who hate my guts. And you have to go out. Don't you want to go out and play with your ball? You haven't been out since 8 a.m. All right, I'll get it. No, don't get up. I'm sorry. Thought maybe you... Bye.